Bridges puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Insight Fantasy Sports NBA Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at the Standard Squeeze. I am... SC Big Horse, as you can see down the bottom left of my screen. Joining me today, we have none other than potentially the smartest man in NBA fantasy basketball. I speak of none other than our friend, our good mate, Mr. G Wiz. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good, mate. That's about as much hype as I can stand for one day. It's like calling me the best point guard in the NBA, like Jamal Murray. So I'll, just, I'll take the I'll, I'll, I'll take the hype because it's a Nuggets podcast, brother. But uh, thank you. I've, I've got some acumen. I've got some stuff to share. And this is a team that I'm really happy to talk about being the uh, the defending champions, Mick. Yeah, I think we're, we're quite privileged to be chosen to, to speak about these guys, given that they won their first championship ever in the NBA, uh, headlined by Nikola Jokic, who is by far and away, we both believe, the best fantasy basketballer that you can choose. But 100%. what we're going to do is we're going to dive straight in. We're going to give you exactly what you need from a Denver Nuggets point of view for this season and some really good points as to where you could pick some players who to potentially leave out, who we think is going to climb and who we think is going to slide. 100%. So what, 100%. What, what we'll do is we'll get straight into it once I find the right slide. You are Here the right go. slide. There mm. we are. That's right. So the Denver Nuggets season reviewed, as you can see there, with the NBA championship. Looks pretty sexy, doesn't it? Look, gold looks good on these boys in the Mile High Club. Um, they're absolutely flying with this team. <laughs> mile High City, Mile High Club. I love what you did there, mate. So as Thank we you. can see here with the ins, there's no real big ins, is there? Justin Holiday, who could potentially be a microwave off the bench. They've re-signed Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan, who are both a combined age of about 150. They've brought in three rookies, Jalen Pickett, Hunter Dyson, and Julian Strother. Out of our ins, G, who do you think's got the most upside fantasy-wise? Oh, look, to be honest... <sighs> No one. Uh, and and I, I know it sounds like, hey, here's, here's our podcast in under three minutes. There's only like four dudes who can be mostly relevant. But I think what's really interesting here is the re-signing of Reggie Jackson. Uh, he came in initially after having kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of hype in that Clippers playoff run a couple of years ago. He came into the team last year and he was serviceable. I think he's almost an insurance policy for the health of Jamal Murray in a way because that's a point guard spot. And when we get to the depth chart, there's not a lot of backups there. So it's pretty much Reggie. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is just a bench guy. He is an absolute zero for fantasy. Justin Holiday, I'm curious to see when we talk about the starting five in the lineups, mm. just because he's more of a veteran presence that's been brought into the team. But I think this is definitely a case, Mick, and I think you'd agree. The losses here are more telling for the Denver Nuggets than the Inns. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. When we're talking about Bruce Brown, who was, for me, a top three player on the Denver Nuggets roster, in their postseason run last year. Tommy Bryant, who was really nice in the way of a backup center. Sure, he didn't play much, but we saw what he did at the Lakers. And if Jokic was ever to get hurt, he'd be more than serviceable as a backup center. And Jeff Green, the bloke who's been on more teams than what I've had hot dinners, he just he was really crucial as that mature age person, you know, the person that just kept everyone as a level head, hit some crucial threes in the playoff run that they had last year. 
they're underrated outs, Jay. Yeah, they they really are underrated doubts. Uh, doubts, not doubts. It gives me doubts about the team. These outs, <laughs> not by way of like, do they suck? Well, no, because like if you think about the core and who starts on the the floor for the better part of it, they're still there. But Bruce Brown was a massive grab for these guys, and there was that early intel he was going to stay with the team. But obviously, he got given the money over to have a bigger role and showcase his skills more in Indiana. So he's out. I don't see Thomas Bryan as much of as a loss. He was really great, as you said, in that run in in LA. Like, oh, look at him go! They've they've got Thomas Bryant. You know, he's Thomas the Tank Engines back after his time in Washington and and a bit of hype when AD went down toot toot. But then he didn't play in the playoffs. And I think this what you need to look at at the end of the day at the Denver Nuggets is who was out of this team that played in the playoffs? And that's Jeff Green, meaningful bench minutes for that bloke, and Bruce Brown. And those are two meaningful minutes, dudes. And those minutes have got to go somewhere. And the guys they're brought in, well, not going to really get those minutes unless it's Justin Holiday. Spot on, mate. Spot on. We'll get into our Denver Nuggets 22-23 review. So for those of you watching on YouTube or those of you listening on all good platforms, what we've done is we've done up a bit of a graph here that includes fantasy rank, ADPs, usage, and gives you all the basic stats without the turnovers. We've decided to get rid of the turnovers for the, the purposes of this graphic. Nikola, Nikola Jokic for UG. Oh. Average ADP of 1.6. That's about as good as you're ever going to see, isn't it? Yeah, he is just, well, he is Wait delightful. Wait a minute. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. Yeah, he's delightful. He is, isn't he just a, don't you love watching the man play basketball, Mick? Elegant. He's, like he's a, elegant. a fine horse, isn't he? Just prances around. And me being the big horse, I should know. But he averages almost, a, <laughs> almost averages a triple-double per game. Yeah, and, and he did that in the playoffs. And what we can't forget about this, the sheer magic, and this is sheer – like, to watch him play basketball is just someone conducting excellence on a basketball court. Even he do, he doesn't look like it matters much to him or that it's trying too much. Like, just, oh, yeah, he's so nonchalant in his approach to the game, but it's with such capability that it's it's otherworldly. And although he finished last year at the as the – second player overall to Joel Embiid, it's really a no-brainer where you take him with the number one. So when we say equal value, like you said, Mick, these are their, their stats. It's like who's equal value, who could have more value, who could have less value, or who you just not touching. Equal value when you're already the number one, number two guy is Nikola Jokic. He's probably going to do the exact same thing again this year. Let's be honest. He's, if you've got the number one pick, take him. If you've got number two pick, take him. But if he ever comes to you at number three, you're taking everyone's money in your league. 100%. He should never drop any further than two. And even if you're not picking him at one, you probably need your brain cells checked. 100%. So Jamal Murray. With, oh, sorry, mate. You go. Yeah. No, Jamal Murray, I was just about to touch on him. Really interesting season last season, G. So he started off really slow coming back from that ACL, but really came on home hard Sorry, in the second half of the season. Three-pointers were way up. Assist rate were up. Just his overall basketballing ability just seemed to shot through the roof as soon as he got his legs underneath him. Yeah, we call him Bubble Murray, don't we? Because this is the kind of Jamal Murray that we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and it was just, like, tremendous to watch him play basketball and that. Like, he had, you know, there was those stories coming out back then about, oh, you know, Jamal Murray has been in gym with his dad or walking along these beaches, having this almost this spiritual mission to uh, NBA redemption and to um, – to be like the player that he was. And that was a really wonderful thing to watch in the bubble. And obviously with that injury, it took away 
us watching a lot of the brilliance of him. Look, he finished the tail end of the season after the trade deadline, according to Hashtag Basketball, as the 52nd ranked player. And this is a guy who you love, Mick. You had him in a team. Mm-hmm. Talking about Jamal Murray from a fantasy perspective, look, you're very high on him. You're high on him this season. Having him, having had him in your team, what, what do you, how do you, how does he impact what you do and how you draft? Yeah, so for me, I'm looking at picking him up potentially late fourth, early fifth round. He's not quite in the top 40s yet, only because I'm st- I'm still in the back of my head thinking he is one ACL away from two years out of the game again. So yep. I know. Matty Yo, a co-host of ours, is big on drafting players no matter their injury history or whatever, but I like playing safe to a degree. Mm-hmm. So if I'm picking Jamal Murray, I want to ensure that my first three or four picks are solid players that are going to play a lot of games, so I've got numbers on the board. With Jamal Murray, he offers assists. He offers three-point percentage. He's a, a fairly good three oh, free throw shooter, sorry, from the line at 82, yep. almost 83%. The three points made per game... 2.7 there. I think that's a bit of a, a throwaway because in the last 20 games, I reckon he was up around four. He was splashing from everywhere. So if he can keep that late season form up, that's that's going to be a big uptick for him. Mate, I actually may have that on the board here for the last, after the trade deadline season. Yeah, he went up to 3.2 threes per game mm-hmm. um, at the end of the season. His efficiency was down around 440, which obviously wasn't strong, but his assist climbed during that time. Um, and he was just, he was he was absolutely having a field day those last uh, 20 games leading into after the trade deadline last year. Absolutely, it was. So one we'll slightly touch on now, but we'll get more into later, is Michael Porter Jr., ADP mm. of 88, fantasy rank of 93. Is he a bit of a, I won't say letdown for you, but is there potential for him to have a back, bounce-back season this year? I think it's because he's a git. Like, I think it's just because people are like, like, like he's a git. Oh, I hate him. He's a bit of an ego. Like he wanted this. Like we've got to think about it. Like this was a guy who came into the NBA who just wanted to cook the whole time. And we see the potential and we see the bright, shiny awesomeness that Michael Porter Jr. represents. Like to be fair, there's like the comp can be said that he's a less skillful Kevin Durant. These big rangy, you know, long power forward, small forward dudes who have got, you know, just this excellent, excellent shot. Because when they elevate that three-point shot, like you're not blocking that shot. Like they get off the ground and they just hit at a high clip. He was at three a game. That's his job in this team. Like you've mm-hmm. got to think about him as a glorified Kevin Love, like Miami prime Miami Heat kind of days. Like just stand in the corner, get rebounds, knock down those shots. We'll be really, really happy with you. That also stops him flying into 40 guys in the keyway and getting injured at the same time. But he loves to, sh- he loves to cook and show out. And that's always, I think, what Michael Malone's frustrations have been with Kevin Porter Jr. And a lot of our first seasons of having him in fantasy, he was injured or he'd come back and then he wouldn't get the minutes. And there was, you know, that he wasn't playing the basketball. We wanted him to. He didn't really do it that. I mean, he did it in the finals to some extent, you'd say, Mick. Yeah, but that LA series was really one of the ones that solidified him as like, look, if you can be this guy, this is the guy you want to have in your fantasy season. Like who he was in that Lakers playoff run was outstanding. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're hoping this year in fantasy, right? Like, can he be that guy? If he is that guy, where do you draft Michael Porter Jr.? 100%. 100%. Two people we'll touch on really quickly. Contavious Caldwell Pope and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon had such a good playoff series, didn't he? Yeah, look, Aaron Gordon is a good basketball player. Like we're back in the Orlando Magic days, he was like this dunk machine. Like he's a dunk machine. Like him and Zach versus Zach Levine, like memorable dunk contest. But he's actually, as you look around these stats for the guy, he's 
this is nothing to write home about. But do you want, again, you do the math, and if you've got 12 guys on your team and you're in a 12-team league and you've got the 140 best basketballers on your, you know, you want in the league, so to speak, without your stream options, et cetera, well, age right there. Like, he finished the season last year at 129. So, obviously, he's like a tail ender. So, you're not jumping up your draft and grabbing him like, oh, I really need a power forward. Uh, I'm going to grab him with the, like, 80th pick. It's probably not going to return the value that you want. But the guy does his role really, really well. And, and this is what I'm concerned by this year. The committee that's been left, and the, it's kind of like the opportunity that's going to be filled by Jeff Green going. Like, there's a bunch of, like, minutes there in the power forward, small forward position. And Aaron Gordon, if they bring in a low where Jokic is on the floor, for some reason, God forbid they roll out Zeke Naji out there at the exact mm. same time, and they need a small forward option. Um, could Aaron Gordon play that? He could possibly. But then he's just, it's going to be some minutes. So I think he's going to be about equal value where he was last year. If he can get those three pointers over two, if his free throw percentage, which I think is the really big thing, which derails him, mm. I think the thing which, if, if we can get Aaron Gordon converting over 750, like somehow miraculously, like he fine tunes that, he gives you a really, he gives you three pointers, he gives you a field goal percentage at, you know, 56%. That's pretty decent. Seven rebounds, that's pretty decent. Three a game, great for my power forward. It's that it's the steals at zero point eight and the blocks at zero point eight. If he, I can get one of those in each to buoy up some value. He could finish around the hundreds, and if he's finishing in the hundreds and you're grabbing him with the hundred and thirtieth pick, well, there's two rounds value you've exceeded, and that's what I would like to see from Aaron Gordon. So if he's still in your draft at around hundred and thirty, look, you could probably take a flyer on him at those last two rounds. Mm-hmm. He's not going to harm you apart from by way of field throw in free throw percentage in my mind. Hundred percent. So for me, I'd definitely be looking at him. I think there might be a little bit of an uptick this year, but yep. it'd be on a team where you're almost punting from the line. You know, it's, he's at 60% yep. from the line. As, as we see with all NBA players, it's very rare that you're going to jump from 60 to even 70%, let alone yeah. in what we want, 75%. So in and around that 100 mark, I think is pretty good. Contavious Caldwell Pope, their shooting guard, their to a degree lockdown perimeter defender. Does an okay job of it, but fantasy-wise for you, G, relevant? Love him. Absolutely love KCP. I traded him off at the beginning of the season last year uh, in a bit of a blockbuster. Uh, I love KCP. I love what he does. And I probably love his basketball play more than I love his fantasy game. Like his ADP was 156. I took him in the last round last year, I believe, in the league that you and I already make, just because mm-hmm. he gets me some he gets me some steals. And he gets me some blocks. So he gets two stocks a game. So I'll take those counting stats. I'll also take down the like excellent free throw percentage, which doesn't kook me. Getting 11 points a game, that can help chip in along the way. Two threes a game, great. I mean, if, he's, if his field goal percentage can go up to a little bit, look, he's going to be the same dude, I reckon, 116. Mm-hmm. But you can see there his ADP, Mick, was 156. So yeah. here is a guy who has beat his like like – mid-30s, he's beaten his draft potential. Mid-30s equates to about three rounds of value. So again, if you can pick up him in the last round, much like your Aaron Gordon, you grab these guys because you know they're going to exceed their value. So yeah, I love KCP by way of the last little minute. Oh, you're sticking around in the 14th round? Well, hello, KCP. Welcome to the blue chips. Nice work, that man. And for those of you that are just getting into NBA fantasy or haven't heard of the term stocks before, that is steals and blocks as we count as one. Hence why Mr. G said, if we're looking at two, that's one of each or two and zero, however way you want to play it. <laughs> can, you imagine having eight, can you imagine having eight stocks and then always blocks? 
What does oh. the guy get me with seals? He doesn't get you any, but he gets you a lot of blocks, mate. Walker Kessler. Oh. <laughs> you love hey, Walker um, Kessler. We, I do. We could talk about Reggie Jackson, I guess, and Christian Braun or Brown, however yeah. you want to pronounce it. Um, I like to call him the Razor. Reggie here. Razor Reggie. No, Razor. Christian Braun, like the shaver. The Razor. Oh, yeah. I haven't thought of that one. Well played. Thank you, sir. Well, Reggie, look, Reggie Jackson, you mentioned yeah. him earlier, mate. Do you think he's going to have – I think he's going to have – look, he is the backup point guard here. He is going to be a, the backup shooting guard if you look around their depth chart. Look, Michael Malone hasn't got a big history of trusting rookies. So this is where like guys like Justin Holiday interest me and Reggie Jackson interests me. Because Bruce Brown has walked, what they've essentially done is they've re-signed – like they've re-signed uh, Reggie in this. Now, whether he's playing – there was basically just a void there. So they're like, oh, we'll re-sign you. He could have probably gone as well. So he's going to get those backup, possibly some shooting guard minutes, maybe. But he's definitely there as the primary backup to Jamal Murray. And if you think about their roster and where their depth chart really is, it doesn't really go much by way there. So I see Reggie Jackson only having more value this year by way of who else is there in this team. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I don't say it like, oh, you've got to get Reggie Jackson in your side. No, you probably don't. And I really would like for you to not to take my advice. Um, and be like, oh, Matty G said I need Reggie Jackson. No, you do not need Reggie Jackson. So don't go and get him. But he is going to see some minutes at the end of the day, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. When we're looking at the Denver Nuggets roster here, Jokic, Murray, Porter, Contavious, Caldwell, Pope, and Gordon, that's just starting five. They're the ones that are going to be playing the majority of your minutes each night. Reggie Jackson, yep. would you confirm he'd be the sixth man here now? Uh, seventh man, oh, sixth man, seventh man. Seventh he's, man. He's, he's in that yeah. – he's in that. yeah, he's in that early like – He's like, get your start as a bit of reps, a bit of rest. Um, Jamal come out, Reggie, go and cook some and, and be a little bit of a microwave off the bench, I reckon. So how many deep do you reckon they're gonna play? Eight man rotation, nine man rotation? Look, I see I see their rotation. If if I'm if I'm Mike Malone, because obviously Mick, I'm such a wonderful and skillful NBA coach. Um, and I know I shouldn't say Mike, Mike, it's Michael Malone. I don't want I don't want to have a bad relationship with the bloke. Um, my point guards, if I'm him, if I'm looking at my depth chart, Jamal and Reggie. My shooting guards are going to be KCP to start. Christian Brown is my second stringer there. I'm probably going to start Michael Porter Jr. at the small forward with Justin Holiday um, or Christian Braun. Like that, that's kind of like Christian Braun has that good length that he can bring in and play some small forward minutes. But I think it's probably definitely going to be Justin Holiday just because he's more of a veteran at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, power forward-wise, depth chart, I'm thinking it's going to be Aaron Gordon. But one guy who I know we're going to talk about later is Peyton Watson. I like what Peyton Watson can bring to the team, especially now, though, that Kankar is out injured. So he's ACL. out for the season. ACL, he's done. Um, so we wish him a speedy recovery and he comes back. Because I think he was going to see minutes this year. I think he mm. was going to be a guy who really stepped into that power forward, small forward role in that rotation. He's out for the year now. So it's kind of like, oh, geez, what are we going to do? And that's where I see guys like Christian Braun, Justin Holiday, Peyton Watson are going to have an opportunity. Probably looking like obviously my center. Hmm. Is that Nikola Jokic sitting there? I'm probably going to make him my starting NBA center. He's one of the like, look, he's obviously going to finish as a top 20 all time NBA player. Like he's just absolutely incredible. Probably Zeke Naji. But this is the thing about Peyton Watson can play the three. He can play the four and he can play the five with his versatility. So I think Zeke Naji will get the backup center moments in a small ball lineup. I see Peyton possibly getting the tilt in there, maybe. If, obviously, if they're not running DeAndre Jordan, but that would be pretty much it. 
that's my that's my roster if I'm if I'm Michael Malone, right? Yep. Yep. And we'll uh, we'll give a bit of a mention to Mr. Michael Malone that our finals finals MVP Nikola Jokic, you know, followed by probably Jamal Murray, second best player, Brucey Brown, third best player. Uh, for the celebrations and everything that went on afterwards, Michael Malone MVP. He was brilliant, wasn't he? He was. He was wild. He the was man wild. has a. He was wild, and he just does look. I like Michael Malone's. I think he has probably one of the best coaching swaggers now. He does. He's like I don't give a like. He does not give a rat's ass if he's coming for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, and I like that as much as I love like LeBron. Go at him. Go at him all day long. Go at anyone all day long because obviously you're passionate about your team and you're like, look, we've been great. I've got Nikola Jokic. I love how he supports his players in Jokic. I think not this season. Sorry, it was his MVP season. They went over to Serbia when he was training his horses and the team flew over there and took him his trophy. And and, and Nikola's just going around there in his little back of his derby and his horse looking like a freak because he's like huge and he's in a little baby harness. Mm. And, he's, and, the, and the team's rocked up. That's what the kind of leader Michael Malone is, and that's what he gets out of this squad. So when you look at this fantasy-wise, Mick, do you want to go to that next slide? And do you want to look at the starting five and be like, look at okay. what he's crafted? Because I reckon that's what he's got. This is who Michael Malone, being the coach that he is, puts his stock and trade in. Like if if you're Mick, you've coached AFL. Well, who do you put your stock and trade in? Who do, who do you roll out there on your field, man? I put in players that I can trust, people that I know that are going 100%. to listen and buy by the game plan and. For me as a coach, you, you've got to get them on board in order for them to, to execute the game plan that you, you want to put out there. So with what you're just saying about Michael Malone, th- this is what he's doing. He's very personable with his players. He's, I think he's great with the media. You can see that he backs up his players as well. So who wouldn't want to play for him? Now, I'm not trying to Dutch rudder him or anything like that. Like I just think the bloke is a good coach. And, you know, that comes by because you won an NBA championship. You know what I mean, Mick? Like, he's just won an NBA yeah. championship. He's got his guys who he trusts. And as you said, as a coach, so this is the thing. So what do I mean? Oh, you guys are talking really nice, Michael Malone. Well, what do I care? How does that help me in my fantasy season? Okay, because you've got to look at the guys who get minutes, who get usage, and who could put up stats on, it, on, your, on your team. And if you look at this chart right here, the starting five players are all rosterable dudes in NBA fantasy. Because Michael Malone gives them minutes. He gives them, they get all of the usage when they're out there. They get free reign. And so if you look at it, this is the first team, I guess, in our preseason charts where we've looked at it and the whole team is top 150 value. From, from mm-hmm. every single guy on the floor is a roster rule player. It's just where you take him in your draft. You're taking Jokic in the first round because he's one of your first three picks. You're taking Jamal Murray, look, anywhere between 40 and 60. You know what I mean? You, 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 you're going to live with him around that marker. His ADP last year was 70. He was coming back. He got drafted late. But he's, he's a, you could get him top 40s. You'd be happy. You look down that now, Michael Porter Jr., ADP last year of 88, 93rd value. Look, if you can get him around the hundreds again because of that uncertainty and health injury, cool. And Aaron Gordon and Contavious Cobble Pope, you can get KCP and AG at the back end of your draft in the last pick, second last pick. Rosterable. Decent enough blokes, right? 100% they are. I'll and that's because, oh yeah, yeah, go we've, on. We've got the five here on our screen for those of you that are listening on our audio platforms. Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. Minutes-wise, do you see a bump? Probably not for Nikola Jokic because he's averaging 34 minutes a game, but do you see a bump for everyone else? Yeah, look, the only guy there under 30 minutes is Michael Porter Jr., probably because mm. of the comeback from injuries and always the that's concerns. Right. So you've got... 
this is the thing. Michael Malone played. There's only 48 minutes in a basketball game, and your bench and your bench mob comes in for X. So these guys are on 30 minutes. You can see a pathway where they play around the same. I wouldn't expect. What you can see here is minutes for Jamal Murray 32.8, um, KCP 31, MPJ 29, Aaron Gordon 30, Nikola Jokic 33. The thing is, they're not very good without Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic. Like those two guys, mm-hmm. as you say down here, they lead the team. So their usage is obviously the highest in the team. 26% for Nikola, 26% basically almost for Jamal Murray. So they direct and orchestrate everything in Denver. And so that's what we like as well. Like high usage, you know, if you want a high usage, high efficiency player, for those obviously listening, we have this graph when we're on YouTube and you can see that Nikola Jokic profile as elite, like the dark green cells, for field goal percentage, 63%. He profiles as elite for rebounding, 11.8 rebounds a game. Assist, 9.8 rebounds, like assist a game. Like that's elite, elite, Mick. So you look yeah. at those minutes, you look at that usage, it, it drops down even slightly. He's still pretty much a walking triple-double every single night of the week, right? Yeah, absolutely it is. And I, lo- I like that you brought that up because for the people that are watching on YouTube, Aaron Gordon, field goal percentage, 56%. That's awesome for someone that you're picking up at the back end of a draft. Michael Porter Jr., if you're picking him up around 100, he's averaging you three three-pointers a game. That's almost elite. And, and he's really Jamal, committed there. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, a, he's a perimeter player. Contavious Caldwell Pope, as you just said before, you love him. 1.5 steals per game, which ranks as very good. He's almost excellent at it. So, you know, moving forward with the starting five, the reason why I'm putting the emphasis on the starting five here in Denver is because I believe they've probably got the poorest bench in the NBA prior to the NBA season kicking off. There's no real standout off the bench. They, they haven't yeah. got any real depth. It could be a struggle. Yeah, look, I'm right there with you, mate. I think the depth is a concern. Again, I threw out these names before. So, look, I wrote down my – this is my hypothetical depth chart. Like, let's just say there's the buses. The bus, the bus is delayed for the starting five, and you've got to roll your next five guys out there. So I think yep. about who comes in and who takes your minutes. Here is just here's your second unit five: Reggie Jackson, Christian Braun, Justin Holiday, or you know, maybe you know. Look, I'm torn between Justin Holiday and Peyton Watson, but let's just say it's Holiday because I want to play Peyton Watson as my power forward, and Zeke Naji is your backup center. There's your there's your five. You've never heard of them. That could be a G League team. The Charlotte Bobcats with a seven and whatever fifty nine record would be. Is Michael team. is Michael Kidd Gilchrist available? Can we? No, let's not Maybe do that. Maybe in the worst-looking jump shot of the year awards. That'd be about it. He was terrible. Moving right along. I watched this space. Christian mm. Brown in 22-23 in 15.5 minutes a game. He averaged 4.7 points per game, 0.53. So he's making a three every second game. Almost 500 field goal percentage. Bit poor with the free throws, 63%, 2.4 rebounds, almost one assist. 0.5 steals and 0.2 blocks. I have put another graph down the bottom here. We're in four, the final 14 days of the this. season. Thank you. In the last 14 games of, oh, sorry, the 14 days of the season, the last two weeks, his minutes bumped up to almost 24 minutes per game, which is, you're looking at six-man territory here. 10 points per game or 9.9 points per game. A slight bump in three-pointers made. An increase in field goal percentage is almost at 51%. His free throws are about the same, 62%. Rebounds, he jumped up almost 1.5 rebounds. Assists still at around one. 
steals are a big one. 1.4 steals in 23 minutes he averaged and 0.2 blocks. Does this improve yeah, look, Braun this year? Look, it just improves him as an option. Still in the last 14 days of last season, I actually made a note of this. I had a look at how his increased profile showed out, and he still didn't make like the top 200 on hashtag basketball with these stats. So although the player, he's taken a leap and, and, and gone forward, it doesn't translate to being like he's a must-grab guy in your fantasy team. But where it does probably communicate a lot better, as you said, Mick, this year is if he gets those minutes and they're there because that Bruce Brown hole, you know, that Bruce Brown circle hole in your heart has to be filled. This is one of the guys because he's been there and Malone's loyal. He's probably going to see an uptick in these minutes to a similar production. He's not a last round minute flyer, but he's definitely a guy. If, if, if Michael Porter Jr. goes down or KCP goes down, there needs to be someone who steps into a starting role. And that's where he's going to be a fringe 12 team league guy. So definitely this is a watch this space for any major injuries that may happen there, um, especially by, by way of KCP. But again, we don't, we don't draft in our fantasy leagues based on hypotheticals. We based on fact, you know, it's, it's science fact, not science fiction at the end of the day. And so what I see here is him being a 12, a fringe 12 team, 14 team guy in case of injury, or if he does get these minutes and they bump up to 25 or 26, if he can hit his free throws, get 1.53s a game, like then he's looking at a draftable guy, especially with those steals. Like 1.4 steals a game, I definitely want to get that on my waiver wire. On a back-to-back set and a tight week, this is a guy you grab if he can put these stats up. He's in for sure. Michael Porter Jr., watch this space. I went back in 2021 before he had the back surgery and was out for a year. So he averaged 31.4 minutes per game on 19 points per game, 2.83, so pretty consistent with where he's at now. 54% from the field, 79 from the line, which is a little bit better from the field, but the same from the line as what he was last year. Rebound, 7.3. Assists, yep. 1. He's never really a facilitator. 0.7 steals and okay. 1 block. Last year, we've been through it already, 17 points, 3 three-pointers made, 48% from the field, almost 8 80 from the line, 5.5 rebounds, one assist, 0.6 steals, and 0.5 blocks. Do you think that it's possible that Michael Porter Jr. could find this form again, remembering that he had his rookie season out, came back, played well in 2021, had some more back surgery. Last year was his year back in it. They've managed him into more minutes. His ADP is around 90. Do you think there's top 70, top 65 value in MPJ? I'm looking at some numbers right now. I did a bit of a compare and contrast before, and I'm just bringing it back up about just his games played. Because when we, when I look at it as an exercise, I like to think about it as, okay, so what did they do and who did they do it around, if that makes sense? So yep. we look at the guys and, and where they put up that top 200 value and, and what they did. And that rank there in that, that previous season, um, that's with limited games for him because it's the thing. He doesn't play many games. Like the one thing that always gets me for health with um, old mate is, is health. And he was, we've got to remember this is a guy who profiled as an absolute lottery pick before his injuries. And that pretty much derailed him over at old Mizu. And so it was kind of a bit of, it was kind of like the Cam Whitmore situation this year where like, where's this guy going to get drafted eventually? Where's this guy going to get drafted and how much investment do they, do they put in on him? And that's where he came back and he was out injured in that 21, 22 season for most of it. He only played nine games all year, the season before, 
So he's had like a good season and then an injured season, played nine games. He's come back last year, ranked 93, played 62. Still 20 less than, you know, the full capability. But who plays 82 games these days unless your name's Mikhail Bridges? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, look, I see him possibly being in the – I'm just high. I'm just hard to take a fly on him. Like I really need convincing and I need the health to be there. So I have question marks. But he is there in your draft around 90. He's a guy who's I call a I call him I call him a I call him I call him a flat. I call him like a wall dude. Like, you know, he's so flat the walls are jealous. Because he's gonna probably bring you back the same if he's injured or if he has the same role. But he could peak high. And so your ceiling for him is around that, you know, 35s. You know what I mean? Like that's that's your ceiling mm-hmm. right there. Like the 35 rank is your absolute like this is top this is this is top level MPJ. But you've got to go back and look at that team as well, where he was surrounded by the likes of so it was him. Uh Porter Jr. played 61 games. I actually noted this down for you, Mick. I thought you might go here. So that year, MPJ played 61 games. So in his two seasons where he's been a 35 or a 93rd ranked player, he's played 61 or 62. He was surrounded by the likes of these blokes, Will Barton. Paul Millsap and, and blokes like that around the organization and Jamal Murray as well. So is the team better now overall? Yes. So I don't think he can get back to that 35. I think what's around now with more Aaron Gordon in the team for the duration of the season, because this is also the season where Aaron Gordon came by a trade um, in the Gary Harris trade at the end there. So I think what we see is ceiling being 50s, but if he's around in the 80s, it might be a bit tantalized. 80s, 90s, I might be a bit tantalized. Yeah. Only because he's still there. Uh, but I want to see more rebounds from him. Uh, I want to see some more distribution. And I want to see that field goal percentage back up over 500. If it, that field goal percentage creeps him up over 500 and is at 510, down on that you know 54% that he was in 2021, well, then I'm absolutely getting a steal at the 80s, 90s. Appreciate if he can average me three points a game, five to, like 51%, 80% from the line, six rebounds, 1.52 assists a game. I'd like to see him kick it out some more. Then get me like one block a game because of his length. I'm happy. Then I'm really happy with that pick. Absolutely. We'll get into your boy now, Peyton Watson. In 22-23, nothing really jumps off the page at you. 3.3 points. No. 0.3 field goals made at 49% from the field. 55 from the line, so pretty poor. One and a half boards, 0.5 assists. Steals and blocks, not really relevant. In the final 30 days, though, he had an uptick in minutes, so almost played 16 minutes, where he averaged six points on 47% from the field, 61 from the line, so a big uptick from the line. That's, yeah, 0.6 is gone up from the line. Rebounds, 3.2, so doubled that. Assists, doubled that, 1.1. Steals, doubled 0.1 to 0.2, but blocks, 1.1 per game. Where do you see Peyton fitting in now? Is it due to the vacancy left by Jeff Green that he could potentially play that 18 minutes off the bench per game? Yeah, I, I like to call him baby Jeff. Like he's hasn't taken many of them, but he has a field goal percentage of from the three-point line at 42%. So it's actually almost at 43%. So it's 42.9%. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of three-pointers a game. That's the problem. But he does is at 0.6, but he can make them. But the thing is, like, you need a new baby Jeff. You need someone who's going to cut to the rim. You want He doesn't have – his effective field goal percentage is at 54%. He just needs to improve that free throw percentage, but he doesn't show it. But the thing is, who else do they have? And so then – so the question becomes two things. Who do they have? 
cool. How long have they been there for? And then by virtue, he's like the last dude standing around. He's like the Stephen Bradbury. Like he'll be skating around the ring and he'll look down at Michael Mullen and he'll be like, oh, Peyton, jump out. You know, there's going to be no one else he knows and trusts as much on the basketball team, especially with Kankar going down. There, mm. there is a role for him to come into the team. We're not talking about him by way of fantasy relevance, but imagine the worst case scenario where the sky falls and MPJ goes down again. Like if MPJ yeah, goes right. down, like, and Justin Holiday becomes your starting small forward, well, Christian Braun could then be the backup there or worst case scenario, you know, a couple of dudes go down. God forbid mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic has the season where he's injured. And then you've got Zeke Naji as your starter because you've got no one else. Aaron Gordon's been injured much over the time. So who becomes your starter? And in a starting role with 25, 30 minutes a night, if that is the case for this bloke, he is going to get you some defensive stats because that's yeah, what he does the best. So he's going to get you some blocks a game because he's going to have – He's gonna. He might get you a steal a game. He's gonna have to rebound by virtue as there's no other rebounder there. And obviously, hopefully, what you would hope if he does play that role instead of just being used as a glorified floor spacer, his field goal percentage will go up because he's gonna be getting looks closer to the bucket. So if you can then, if he then becomes a guy, he becomes a streamable dude just by virtue that Peyton Watson is the last man standing in a in a pretty much very empty hollow Nuggets bench team. But then again. This is only for the first half of the season because they're not afraid to trade. Nah, spot on. Spot on. All right. We're going to wrap this up now. Denver Nuggets predictions this year, according to our friends at Sportsbet, over-unders this year is 53 and a half wins. Are you going over or under with this one? They got 53 last year and the team's worse. But they're also the team that's got Jamal Murray back and healthy this season. And so you're starting five. That starting five can win you 53 games. They could drag you to 54, 55. They were the first in the West last year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think this is a real big like moment in the sand. If we're going to see this, there's been the talk of the dynasty. It absolutely um, And so I don't know why, whether it's a yes or a no for me. I would probably, look, if they're desperate to do the same as what they did last year, this could, they could have won more games down the stretch. They kind of took it easy. I'm going to say, I'm going to say over, and I'm just going to say it's going to be tight at 54. They might win one more game because they don't take it as easy without Bruce Brown and that in the lineup and, and Jeff Green there. So they have to fight for it a lot more. That would be what I'd probably be saying that at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate and go under purely because they're relying yep. too heavily for me on being injury-free. It's going to take one injury with their starting lineup, and then yep. the losses will start. Not so much piling up, but they're definitely a top-four team for me, but it, it won't be as successful wins and loss-wise than what it was last year. But I still think they're a gem- genuine threat to go back-to-back. Yeah, look, I, I don't know if – look, I, I'm not as high on them as back-to-back. I'm only high on them by way that they've got Nikola Jokic on their team, who's just mm-hmm. an absolutely – awe-inspiring talent to watch on a basketball court. Like if you had to pick, pick pick five guys to watch in the NBA right now, if you had to pick any five dudes in the NBA to watch, who would you pick? Nikola Jokic. Yep. Steph Curry. Yep. Uh, LeBron, because I'd fear that you'd never get to see someone like him ever again. Uh, Victor Wembenyana, the big horse or the biggest horse. And let's get a little spicy. Darren Fox for how fast he is. Oh, interesting call on Swiper. I like that. I'm taking mm. probably four of those guys. I'm not taking De'Aaron, but I'm taking the four guys for the same reason because you want to see the new blood come in and Beckham Wambanyama. 
you, you want to see Steph, the greatest shooter of all time. You want to see LeBron, like arguably one of the best two players of all time. And you want to see Jokic, one of the probably could finish his career as one of the best five basketball players of all time. And that's mm-hmm. happening right now in the NBA. So I will never rule out a dude who is that good at the game of basketball. Like Nikola Jokic is very good at the game of basketball. Surprise, surprise. I've won three championships in the last four years. He's been on my team every time. So he's my consensus number one pick. If they're healthy, they could win 54. If some stuff goes along sideways, they're under, under all way, like under all the time, like 100% I'm with you. But yeah, mate, that's, that's probably my pick. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say 54 healthy, but the second I hear anything, and if it's in the first couple of weeks of the season, I'm, sm- I'm, I'm getting on there and hitting under, 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 sure. under, 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 under. Well, on, on behalf of the uh, Insight Fantasy Sports team, this has been awesome. Gee whiz. Yeah, brother. Full of, uh, knowledge. Fun, my guy. Uh, a, a head full of knowledge. As we said, he, he's just said himself, he's won three of the last four years with the leagues that he's been in. He's known for being all over everything analytical in the NBA fantasy circles. So what I encourage our listeners to do is like, subscribe, get on board with us. This is daily content for us. We're going through all 30 teams. We're going to be piling up on the mock drafts, which have proven already to be very popular in the NBA community. We've got BBL. We've got some exciting news around the NBL coming up. NRL, AFL, you name it, we do it. So, guys, jump on board. Not just us, but the standard squeeze. Jump on their website. Inside 15, fantastic promo code. Why do you ask? Because it gives you 15% off anything you buy from the guys at the standard squeeze. With Father's Day around the corner, I'm a dad and I love my four-in-one. Coffees during the day and beers in it at the night time. So on behalf of the Insight Fantasy Sports team, I am the big horse. This is G Wiz. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Catch us.